Welcome to the Towns Learning Show podcast series, episode 43, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interview Graham Glass, founder and CEO of Cypher Learning, about the differences and commonalities of corporate and academic learning management systems. You can find more of our content at TownsLearning.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the Talented Learning Show podcast. On this show, I am fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Today is no different as we have a special guest from the vendor side of the equation, Graham Glass. Graham is the founder and CEO of Cypher Learning. Cypher Learning builds both a award-winning corporate extended enterprise learning management system and an award-winning educational learning management system used by over 20,000 organizations globally. Since the use cases of corporate learning and K-12 through and higher education have historically been really different, the available learning management solutions for each sector were always different with very little crossover. Graham had a different vision when he founded Cypher in 2006, and we're going to learn about that today. But a quick bit of history on Graham. Before founding Cypher Learning, he was the founder and chief architect of Mind Electric. He was also the CTO of Web Methods. Before that, he taught computer science at the University of Texas at Dallas. He made a living as a professional instructor teaching advanced software. He frequently gives speeches on educational topics at conferences around the world. He wrote several textbooks published by Prentice Hall, currently holds 15 patents, all in the area of distributed computing. Wow. Outstanding career, Graham. I feel like I'm standing still. Consider yourself in the right place. Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast. It's great to be here, John. All right. Wow. What an accomplished guest. I can't wait uh, to learn more. As, as we said in the intro, it is unique in the industry. Uh, so I've been in the industry uh, 25 years now, and it's been unique to see an organization choose your path and do it so successfully. And so we want to learn a lot today about really the differences between a K through 20 learning management system and also a, uh, a business uh, or a corporation learning management system and kind of the differences and how those two are, are merging and certainly merging uh, from uh, uh, your vision. But before we get into all the, the juicy details, even though you guys have 20,000 customers, you're not necessarily a household name. And we want to change that. So why don't we start off by having you introduce yourself and your organization and how you founded it 15 years ago and why and what role you play in the marketplace now? That's a big question, but why don't we start there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a good question. So, yeah, my name is Graham Glass. I'm the CEO and founder of Cypher Learning, and we provide a learning platform. And in fact, we actually provide three learning platforms, which is the first <laughs> kind of thing. It's a little bit unusual. So... I'll tell you a little bit about the company. Um, I used to actually be a, a professor at UT Dallas, um, and I used to teach computer science, and that's where I got my teaching chops in higher education. So I've always loved that area of the industry. But then after teaching computer science, I then founded a professional training company in industry, teaching advanced software topics all over the United States. And I, so I found I love corporate training. <laughs> when I decided to start Cypher Learning, I thought, wouldn't it be great if you could create a single learning platform and then create branded versions of it, one for um, K through 20, and then one for businesses, and then one for individuals? Um, and it's not an easy task. Um, <laughs> most of our competitors will focus on K through 12 or higher ed or business, but I'm quite ambitious, and I thought I love those areas. Let's see if we can pull it off. Uh, and I'm happy to say that we've succeeded. So right now we're getting great customers with Neo all over the world, K through 20. 
great customers with Matrix all over the world, businesses, and great customers with Indie, which are individuals who want to monetize their knowledge. So mm-hmm. the reason I did it was, number one, I just love these areas and I love those sectors. Number two, it's a much bigger total addressable market. So the, the business LMS market is significantly bigger than the K-20 market. So clearly, if you can pull it off and you can have branded products in all the spaces, then the potential for massive growth is, is quite, quite apparent. Um, and then thirdly, there's a certain efficiency involved. Um, so as you alluded to, the features required in K-20 are overlapping, but significantly, significantly uh, different than the ones in the business marketplace. Mm-hmm. To create a single platform that can actually be world-class in all of them is actually a pretty mammoth task. Um, but as, yeah, as we're demonstrating, it, it's totally paid off. And, and as far as, you know, why haven't more people known about us? Well, the reason is quite straightforward. Our company is also somewhat unusual in that we were organically funded, organically grown. We didn't raise some huge amount of money and make a big splash so everybody knows about us. Mm-hmm. So we've been kind of like in the background, kind of stealthily getting bigger and bigger and bigger customers. But that being said, we have some quite big announcements coming up soon. So I think we actually are going to be a household name uh, in the not too distant future. Wow, outstanding. Well, as soon as that you can share that, share that with us and we'll I will do. We'll get it out to our network. So I spent my whole life in the corporate side of the space and not on the, the K through 20 side of the space. And I think a lot of our followers are are probably down that same vein just by the nature of what we write about and, and talk about here at Town to Learning. So you mentioned how there's overlapping capabilities, kind of like overlapping circles, how I see it in my head. And maybe that's how many percent do you think like the, the functionality? I, I would say I would say 70 percent is mm-hmm. similar and then 30 percent are K through 20 speeches and 30 percent specifically are more the business features. So there is a sizable overlap. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's start. Uh, let's just start right there from a the 30 percent from an educational side. What's needed over there that you typically don't need or haven't needed yet inside the corporate space? Yeah, so so in K through 20, they're really, really, really integrating. So if you have a look at, you know, the typical professor or a typical, you know, high school teacher, they have a large number of assessments, and those assessments can be discussion forums, free form essays, quizzes, surveys, debates, you know, you name it. There might be 12 different kinds of assignment. And then there's a very complicated algorithm they use for grading and they have grading periods. So things like the grade book, uh, all the different kinds of assessments, um, peer review grading is becoming more popular. So there's a big section which is related to the way that they grade things, assess things and calculate them. So that's one big area. And that is very complicated to implement, by the way. So if you look at the business market, Virtually none of them have grade books or any, and most of them just have like quizzes and maybe a survey or something. Mm-hmm. So they're very like very weak on the assessment side. Another thing that's really big in K through 20 is something called competency-based learning, mm-hmm. um, and especially in the United States, it's it's like a pretty big thing. And the general idea is, take something like mathematics. You might say that there are 40 competencies in the Common Core standard that are being measured. And when you have an assignment, you can say this assignment is measuring competency A and competency B. 
this particular module is teaching competency A and competency C. And then you, what you do is you calculate the overall competency map for an uh, individual student. So in K through 20, there is a big emphasis on supporting standards-based grading and competencies. Some business systems have very, very like minor support for competencies, but not remotely good enough to support K through 20. K through 20 also has certain standards associated with it. So there's one called LTI, which is short for um, Learning Tools Interoperability. And the general idea is you want your LMS to be an open hub so you can plug in lots of different third-party tools. Could be a virtual reality simulator, it could be a plagiarism detection tool, and there are so many of them, there's no way that any one vendor is gonna build them all. So the standard called LTI allows you to plug in a third-party tool that is LTI compliant into your LMS. So there's another example where I think Matrix is probably the only business LMS that I'm aware of that supports LTI, as an example. Because in the world of business, LTI is just not really a big deal. So that's the that's the those are the kind of features that come to mind that specifically are, are you know required in K through twenty that most businesses care care very little about. Yeah, how about it? So there's no way you just build that by accident if you were a corporate yeah. LMS because it's just too specific to. It's a lot of work. Yeah, to to do that. All right. Well, conversely, let's hop back into my world. What do you see? from a corporate side that just has no value inside the K through 20? Is, is there certain so, functionality so the, you're developing over there? Yeah, so the, the two things that come to mind are ad hoc reporting. <laughs> so in the, world of, in the world of corporate, you know, you've got to have a world-class ad hoc reporting tool just to be in the market. Um, so, so corporations want to slice and dice data in a lot of different ways. They want API access to that. Um, and and that's a big investment to do a really good ad hoc reporting system. Um, E-commerce integration is also a must-have in certain sectors of um, of business LMS, and not just something trivial like I want to buy something for five dollars. It's like I want bulk discounts, bundles, subscriptions, multi-tier subscriptions, multi-currency support, um, automatic tax calculation. It's like this seemingly endless list of things that are required uh, in the um, in the e-commerce part. Another big area for businesses are dashboards. So people want drag and drop dash build, uh, dashboard builders with customizable widgets, embedding reports into your dashboards, KPIs, monitoring, like a lot of that kind of stuff. And um, you know, none of the K through 20 LMSs except for Neo have any of that stuff. <laughs> Wow, so, so those, those are the ones that I'm sure there are other ones that I'm, you know, neglecting to remember, but those are two pretty big ones. So and they're all big investments to build a really good e-commerce system or to build a really good dashboard system is a non-trivial investment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so from a strategy standpoint, did you build kind of go after one market first and then move into the other market or did yeah. you decide I was going to do it all? So now we, <laughs> even though we're ambitious, we're not that ambitious. So, so what we did is we released Neo first. So we focused on the uh, K through 20 market first. And the reason for that was is because you can release a free product that will actually start to get quite wide adoption. Whereas businesses, they're not going to touch a free product. They want, I want to pay money. I want to have all my support. I want all the features I want. So what we did is we released a free version of Neo. 
which was not as feature nearly as feature rich as it is now but that way we like put a stake in the ground okay we're in the lms business then what we did is we started releasing premium features for neo mm -hmm. and then we started charging for the neo premium and then about a year later we released the early version of matrix which is just a shadow of what it is now i mean matrix right now is an incredible system but so it was neo followed by matrix but once we had both both in the market then we started understanding a lot better what the different sectors want and then we would basically build them in parallel so in our roadmap there's always features in the core that are beneficial to everybody but then we also always have features in the pipeline that are neo specific and ones that are matrix specific wow interesting and so currently are have these products forked or are they all uh, the same product yeah we've got we've got one engineering team one code base one sales team one marketing team so we're you know it's it takes a lot to get there but once you've got there it's an incredibly efficient company because there is just one of everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how about from a geo that's a fantastic story it's uh, you know as you know all i do is is talk to solution vendor after solution vendor and this is like such a unique uh, uh, approach on, on all this how about from a geography standpoint are you yeah so we are, are all over yeah so I, I i did i did warn you we're an unusual company so there's a little bit of history here um so i'm from the uk and people in the uk love to travel um we're kind of a, a globe-trotting uh, nation so i started the company in san francisco but after a really short amount of time i got offered to do a keynote at a, a conference in spain uh, Educared, which was going to be opened by the king of Spain, and I was going to give a keynote. So I thought, you know what, I really, we have to internationalize really early on because I want to show the Spanish version of Neo at the conference. Wow. So what we decided to do very early on was instead of the usual, which is focus on the US market and then 10 years later expand, we decided we're going to go global in year one. So we did a lot of quite crafty things in terms of the way we do auto translation and community-based translation and when we started hiring teams we started hiring teams all over the world so now i think we're in 15 different countries nice. um, we actually neo more of the revenue from neo comes from outside the us than inside the us and i think it's only about 50 percent of the matrix revenue which is from inside the us so we're truly global company um, and it's in 40 languages. We're in 100 countries around the world right now, um, and uh, which is actually really good fun. What, one of the things that we did for Christmas is we got all the people in the company to do a little welcome through Zoom in their own language, which would say, hi, I'm Alina Todorescu, and I'm in Romania. But she would say that in Romania. And we made this little video called We Speak Your Language, which was all the cycle learning teams all around the world. And it was really good fun. And I think it made a point, which is when people do business with us, they do it locally, not with some remote US office. Wow, that's outstanding. You have to send me that video. I'll get it on your uh, I'll get it on your living profile in the, the learning. Yeah, yeah. So that people can people can see that. That's that's interesting. So tell me about COVID. So as, as COVID hit 15 or 18 months ago, whatever that is already. What did that do to the market in the sectors that you're playing with? Did, did you see a change? Did, what, what happened? Yeah, so um, I think there are, there are two main things. 
well, actually three main things that we noticed. First of all, in, in, for NEO, which is K through 20, there was an explosion in usage, which kind of stressed out our engineering team, but they managed to hustle <laughs> working well. We actually seem to scale better than quite a few of our competitors who are having like all kinds of site meltdowns. But it was really obvious. Like I remember coming to my office one day and our traffic doubled in one day. So there was a tremendous number of people who I guess were not using an LMS or barely using it, who suddenly realized, hey, we need a platform like this in order to, to continue to operate successfully. So we saw a big explosion in usage on Neo. We also thought, you know, I think I'm, well, I think you might have mentioned it in a previous podcast, but we've got a global partnership with Dell. So, so Cypher Learning is Dell's preferred learning platform provider. And what we also noticed is a large increase in very large deals coming our way, not with individual universities, but with various countries around the world, where their governments realized we need to have a disaster-proof platform that's localized, scalable, user-friendly, just so that if this happens again in my country, everything's all kind of sorted out. So that was a, something we noticed. Um, in the world of business, there wasn't such a big growth, but we did notice that a lot of deals got paused, which is kind of what I would have predicted. So um, you'd have some quite large corporations who would go, well, there's no point in rolling out this training to all of our franchises because all of our franchises are shut down right now. Mm -hmm. So in the world of Matrix, and Matrix did great, by the way. We doubled our revenues with Matrix even during COVID, but we did notice quite a lot of companies would basically suspend their plans um, but they resume them. So they're, they're, all those deals that we suspended for nine, 10 months are, are now closing. Um, so that was something that was uh, noticeable. But I also think there was a much better understanding of if you're going to use a learning platform in an asynchronous model or a disconnected remote model, you really do need to structure your courses differently than if they were just synchronous in-person training. So aside from the business things, there was a much greater realization that you need to think differently. And one of the things that Cypher Learning did was all over the world, we did webinars on how to create courses that are effective in this kind of new uh, new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, the So uh, let, let's just dig into there real quick. How do you make it interesting? Like, what's that advice that you're giving people on oh, okay. how to take um, this content? Like, give me an example. Uh, yeah, so I'll do a kind of a before and after. So okay. let's just say you were teaching some, you know, course on uh, mathematics, okay? Um, so a lot of people, what they would do is they, they would just take the notes that they draw on the board for their children and they put them into PowerPoints or PDFs and upload the PDFs and, and when the kids are going through the online course, it's literally just looking at the blackboard. And you just click next and take a quiz, click next, take a quiz, and then you're at the end. It's like incredibly boring way to build a course. <laughs> but, but, but one of the things that we encourage people to do is, um, it's almost like you're a movie producer. There is a plot to your course. Right? So there is the beginning part, there's the introduction, there's the question, there's, um, there's twists and turns, there is like, you know, the final scene where all is revealed. You know, think of yourself more as a storyteller. Break up that course into small bite-sized pieces that ideally also include things like videos and puzzles and various different kinds of assessments. But then, and here's a really important part, use automation to then script your movie and bring it to life. Um, and many times you can use gamification to also give little, you know, 
dopamine fixes, if you like, to your students. So as they go through the course, they're getting lots of positive reinforcement and a little bit of friendly competition. So taking a course and then see how it can look like. So for example, let's just say that I enroll in the course and there's an automation which says after two minutes, pop up a video welcome from the teacher. Hey Graham, it's really great to see, see you here. I think you're really gonna have a blast in my course. And just, just for joining the course, I'm gonna give you 20 points towards your level one game. So let's like, oh, that was fun and unexpected. And then I go to the first page, I watch the video, I click next, there's a little quiz, I get good in the quiz, a little pop-up, hey, you just got a badge for, you know, great start in the course and another 50 points. And as you go through the course, you can also set automations to say, if you're falling behind, then automatically reveal more advanced modules um, so that the kids can, you know, get a little bit better at that subject. And, uh, or if they're doing really, really great, then unlock some, you know, especially difficult modules just to really challenge those uh, students. So by using automation and gamification and adaptive learning, you can create these very interesting, branching, fun courses, a very, very different and superior experience to clicking through a bunch of dull PDFs. Wow, how illustrative. All right, just while we're here, give me an example again of what adaptive would mean. What, what is it? What, so, what would that yeah, yeah, so the idea of adaptive is that you want the course to change based on the previous history in the course. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's just say that you are tracking competencies and you want to say uh, the student will only see these additional modules or assessments if they are above a certain level in a competency. Mm -hmm. So it's like you put in a little rule and now each individual um, learner is seeing different, taking a different path because of things that have happened previously in the course. And in fact, in our systems, we actually go beyond that. So we have the concept of dynamic tagging. So you can say at the very beginning of the course, take a survey, do you prefer visual or audio? And based on what they say, not only can you reveal certain modules based on a tag that they've got on them. So if I tag myself as a, a video learner, but when I go into my next course, I can use the history of previous tagging to also adjust the, the flow through the next course. So there is a lot of things you can do from very simple to quite sophisticated using rules, automation, and things like uh, tags. Wow. Well, that's the kind of stuff we talked about uh, in instructional design uh, classes 25 years ago, but there was no technology to do it yeah. uh, really. Not yeah. that interesting. So that's, it's like, it sounds like you're bringing the vision of 25 years ago today to, to the table today. What's next? Yeah. Where's this all going in three years? How do you, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, so um, so I'm a really big believer that what we think of as being learning platforms, and I know I have to say, you know, we call our products Neo LMS, Matrix LMS, in the LMS, just because most people who are in the market for a product think LMS. Mm -hmm. But we internally and with our customers, we call it a learning platform because LMS sometimes has a little bit old-fashioned uh, connotations. So we think things are going to move towards ILP, Intelligent Learning Platform. And what I mean by Intelligent Learning Platform is that the platform learns more about you and your learning goals and becomes an assistant through your learning journey. And that's a pretty big spectrum. So for example, if I was a, if I was a, a student at a, a school district in California, for example, then what they'll be able to do is, if they're taking a course in mathematics, the system will know, well, you might be interested in math. So I'm gonna start showing you recommendations of 
other ways that you can also learn mathematics. And I can also automatically put you into forums where people with similar interests, or I can automatically measure your ability in mathematics using randomized quiz banks that are tagged with mathematics. Um, and, uh, or I can recommend adjunct things. So I can say, well, if you're good at mathematics, you could be an astronaut. And if you want to be an astronaut, you might also want to take a course in meteorology, as an example. Um, but that's, that's more like a blended version. So you're still a kid going to school. You're probably still going to be in classes, taking regular classes with your teachers. In this case, it's being like a mini assistant because it is helping you uh, in your direction. All the way to, say, in the corporate market, you can imagine um, a, a, a maximized version where I just sit down. I'm not taking any courses at all. And I log in and I say, I want to get really good at digital marketing. Like, well, here are some courses in digital marketing. Here are the competencies that are expected. And the matrix version of this thing is going to be vastly superior to what you're used to in that market because our support for competency is just so much richer than anything else in the market. But I'm going to put you in touch with other people in your company that are interested in this thing. I can make you a leading expert in this thing. You can answer Q&A and you can make it gamified. And that's like the full, full, you know, you're on your own kind of approach. So it's going to be a general feature set. We're not going to release a new product, mm -hmm. except that EO is going to be intelligent learning platform, matrix intelligent learning platform. Wow. Wow. That sounds advanced. I can't wait to see it unfold. Uh, yeah, and that's coming out later this year. So it's not, you're not going to have to wait long. All right, great. We'll have to come back on and uh, show us when, uh, when the price is right here or the time is right rather. <laughs> uh, Okay, we're running at the end of our, our time here. And so I guess I want one last question here on advice. You've watched you know, 20,000 of your customers here choose you to come on board and start to be successful. But still, there's tons and tons of organizations out there that are still thinking about their first move in learning yeah. systems and uh, learning technology, as well as those that may have purchased or get stuck on a on an antiquated system that now we're getting out the other side of COVID are entering in a cycle of saying now's a perhaps a time to replace and to upgrade what we have. In that context, do you have any advice you could share for people that are in either one of those buckets, uh, some practical advice based on all your experience? Yeah, I, I would say I've got two main bits of advice. First of all, you know, if you like the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, it will kind of make sense. A lot of people think, oh, a product like that is going to be super expensive or super complicated or it's going to you know, have all these problems. So first bit of advice was definitely check out our products because they are beautiful, intuitive, great price point. You'll be happily surprised, I think. But the second thing is regardless of what product you end up picking, I would definitely learn about how do you create engaging, compelling courses designed for online usage. Because one of the biggest mistakes that we've seen are customers who used to, you know, used to do things on the whiteboard. Kind of, I mean, I used to teach that way uh, when I was, you know, going around America teaching. Don't just create a synchronous course and dump it into a platform. Learn how to use things like bite-sized content, adaptive learning, um, automation, gamification to make courses really good fun. And this is not difficult to do. I mean, we've got kindergarten teachers on Neo who are using automation adaptive learning. So this is something that anyone can do. You don't have to have a PhD in learning to, to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Sage Advice, where where do you, uh, where would you go for that? What, what do you think the best places are you go to? 
Well, in terms of actually learning about our product, if you go to www.cypherlearning.com, so that's C-Y-P-H-E-R learning.com, that's the company main page, but it also has links to all of our products. Um, and I'm pretty sure that in the resources area of our site, we also have uh, presentations on things like how to build compelling adaptive courses. So mm -hmm. we, we try and share a lot of really useful information publicly on that. And of course, you and I are going to be doing a webinar on this soon. Yes, absolutely. On uh, 6, 20, June 24th, so you go to uh, Talented Learning or to, to uh, cypherlearning.com and register uh, for that, but we're having an hour-long uh, session. We're also bringing on Dr. Val Hastings, uh, who's going to join us as a third presenter here to talk about it from a real-life uh, perspective also of how to use uh, asynchronous uh, training in creative ways uh, for your extended enterprise. So uh, looking forward to digging in deeper here in that hour session um, uh, with another expert also. So uh, everybody join us for that. But anyway, Graham, uh, thanks so much for joining us today on the show. This uh, by far was probably one of the most unique conversations I had. And since we don't almost ever really uh, trip into the educational space, I learned a ton too of, of things. Yeah, I that was fun. Know. Yeah. yeah. So thanks so much for joining us. Audience, thanks for tuning into another episode of the Talented Learning Show. You can find more of our free resources at talentedlearning.com. And you can also check out our educational resources at Talented Learning Center. Dot com, uh, where we have lots of micro lessons and courses that help teach you about some of the things we're really talking about today, about uh, features and functionality, but about how to use content and different content types and strategies. We have a lot of that too that you can uh, uh, dig in. So in addition to the resources on uh, Cypher Learning site, uh, those, there's two places that you can go to, to start learning more about this topic. So thanks again, Grant, everyone. Have a great day. We'll see Bye, you guys. on the next one. Take care, John. Bye.